Hi. You can hear me. You're magic. Like me. I don't know about magic. I was called it the Shining. These empty devils, they'll eat what shines. And they've noticed that little girl. Everybody, welcome to you to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I miss Ryan, but I'm Devin. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's just the two of us today. Um, Ryan's Ryan wasn't able to make it to the theater this weekend, so yeah, um, which is fine. Like, yeah, it happens. Uh, we'll get him for Star Wars, though. I think that's the next one we're doing in theaters. So, oh, I can't wait. Today we're talking about the Shining Two Electric Boogaloo. Uh, <laughs> That needs to be the real title, by the way. It it really does. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about Doctor Sleep, the sequel to The Shining, uh, the the nineteen eighty Stanley Kubrick film, which we covered on the podcast around this time last year. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, it was um, one of my first episodes. I think too. It was. Um, yeah, and it's also the the sequel book to the novel The Shining. Um, which I have read. Devin, have you read the the book, the Doctor Sleep? No, and I'm glad we got this baseline out of the way now. So I'm approaching this as somebody who just watched the Stanley Kubrick movie. I know these books are available. I know that I could read them. I won't. I am, and I am approaching this as somebody who has read both books, and by read I mean Audible, because uh, that's how oh. I do it. Um, so I have read both books. And I've seen both films, so I'm coming it from it from that point of view. I have not seen the 1990s made-for-TV adaptation of The Shining, but which I know I you have. Because we talked about that last year when we did The Shining, so yeah. Good. All, All right. right. So I'm I'm really curious to hear you on this before I go. Okay. Well, let me let me just talk a little bit about going into this movie. Uh, okay. I, I, I've been humming like this song all week that I don't know what it is. It's like, it's been like a Gregorian chant in my head and I didn't know what it was. And then I yeah. stopped myself like, Oh shit. I've been humming the theme from the shining all week. Like the, <laughs> yeah, you I, was have. Like, I was like, why is that happening? I was like, I guess I'm excited for this movie. And I was, yeah. I, I really liked the book. Um, and then we went to go see it this morning, but we stopped for breakfast first. And mm-hmm. then breakfast took way longer than we expected. And we didn't get our check until the showtime started. So that oh, no. rearranged my whole day, which oh. works out because I got to buy stuff at Second and Charles after spending three wait, hours there. So wait, did you get the three books you showed me? I did not get those. I got the, the two other ones. I, I If you go want ahead. me to, I will go back and get those three books. No, no, it's okay. I'll find um, them. But I almost got them for you, but um, I'll find them for me. Don't worry. We're talking about the Star Wars Aftermath books, just in case anyone actually Yeah. By the way, by the way, I'm a nerd. I'm reading those. I can't wait. When I checked out, I did buy Star Wars stuff. I bought two other books and a soundtrack. And the the girl checking me, checking us out at the end was like, you a Star Wars fan? I was like, yeah. She's like, I'm not. Everyone else here is, but I'm not. I'm not. I don't need to know that. Like, 
What what a like shitty thing to say. Yeah. Hey, you like this thing? I don't. Like why did why was that necessary? Yeah, it, it wasn't. That's exactly that what. That wasn't necessary. Um Ugh, I hate people like that. So we get to the theater and the movie starts and we had a moment that we will talk about where we had technical difficulties in the theater. Really? Um, yeah. We're going to we're going to try oh, to avo- we're going to try to avoid spoilers for a little bit. So Okay. Um overall, what did you think of this movie? I think, and I, this is, I've been thinking about this for a long time, Alan. I really have all day. Uh, Cause I saw it last night, like late. It is a good movie. It is a terrible sequel to the shining. Okay. I liked it as a movie. I think the stakes were fun. The characters were interesting. It's not the shining. It's a superhero movie. Okay. That's, that's a fair review. Um, as somebody who has read the book mm-hmm. and the, the, the shining novel, mm-hmm. I, I like the first half of this film. There is a point okay. in this film that both my wife and I agree on that at everything after that point lost us. Oh my gosh. I think I know the point and we'll talk about it in spoilers, but I bet we have the same point. Um, yeah. So, as an as as an adaptation of the novel Doctor Sleep, this movie is fucking horrible. Really, really, they missed. It's not like a true adaptation, and it's it's. I will give the first half is a very good adaptation. Okay. Um, the 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 overlook stuff that they show in the trailers and isn't really spoiling yeah. is not part of the book. Okay, so like seeing to little Danny degree. ride his bike down yeah. it, like it, it, okay, it plays. The Overlook plays its part in the book, but it's not. In the end of the the Shining novel, he blows up the Overlook, like Jack Torrance blows up the Overlook. Right. So right. So the it, Overlook it can't play the same part. Yeah, it doesn't play the same part. It doesn't exist in the novel Doctor Sleep. Okay. Um, I think the second half of this just becomes too much of a hey, remember the Shining? Huh? Huh? Remember that movie? <gasps> That's my. Um, this is my critique too. And it completely, it. completely lost me for in there. Um, I will say I really enjoyed Ewan McGregor's Danny Torrance. Yes. I think the girl they had to play Abra was great. And I think Rose the Hat was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Most of the problems I have with this movie are story and story only. <laughs> like, that's pretty much my big issues with this. See, I don't so. have as many problems story-wise because I don't know what I'm comparing it to. So, like, I don't know what, like, happened in the original one. But my thought that was going the whole time was, like, what makes a good sequel? Because, like, I love – and I, I won't get into spoilers, but I love The Shining, the mm-hmm. movie. I haven't read the book because I understand what Stanley Kubrick stripped from the original The Shining was he stripped all of, like, the magic from it. And he's like, here's just a psychological horror. Take it for what you want. And in this one, it really corners what happened in the first one and says, oh, all of that crazy stuff that happened at the Overlook, this is how we're explaining it. This is all it was. And it's actually just a really, really, really small part of a bigger thing, which I think is important for a sequel to do. But then I think it almost trivialized what happened there and didn't make it seem like as big of a deal. Yeah, and I think the Overlook plays such a small part in the the world that Stephen King has set up. Yeah. Like the, the Stephen King universe with D- 
Derry, Maine and the Dark Tower. Like it's all the same world. And I right. think the Overlook plays such a small part in that. And then Dr. Sleep expands on that. Like e- yeah. e- even in the novel, Dr. Sleep, the Overlook is important to Rose the Hat and her people. The the knot, yeah. true, the true knot. Um, oh, is that what they're called? Yeah, they say it once in the movie and that's it. Totally missed it. Yeah. I, mean, I just know that they're bad guys because they look like bad guys. They yeah. kill kids. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, I here's the thing: is I thought that I mean, uh, you're right. I loved the villain. I think the villain was really good, and I I liked the idea of there being a villain mm-hmm. because if you like think about The Shining, like there isn't really like a central villain, and I think like shaking up the formula that much was interesting. <laughs> And having like this, this like dedicated group of like bad guys that are after our good guys. Like, I think that was really cool. And I think they did a really great job. Um, and there was a part about a third of the way through where I'm, I was I was watching the movie like I wasn't not watching the movie, but I was just kind of letting the movie hit me for a while. And I was just like, OK, 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 it's Ewan McGregor. OK, the bathroom, I guess. And like just letting parts like hit me. And then. They got to a certain part about a third of the way through and I went, oh, no, I'm on board now. Like now I feel like what's happening here is real and I'm invested in the movie and the characters. And I was I was I was on it until the last part. Yeah. Um, what, one of the biggest problems I have with this movie is it takes one of the main themes of Dr. Sleep and just ignores it completely. And that is what happens to a child of an alcoholic who's dealing with his own demons and dealing with his own recovery. They cut out a lot of the suffering that Danny puts himself through to get to the point where he gets that eight year chip. Yeah. It's like a scene. Like they're just like, Hey, I'm at my first one. And then it's like eight years later. And he's like, Hey, I got my eight years. And I I don't know what happened because I saw an interview with Ewan McGregor where he said that was an important part of this story to him was keeping that suffering. And from the movie that I saw, it's not there. There are pieces of it that I feel like Mm -hmm. it was there in this movie is two and a half hours long. Yeah. For me, that makes me think that there's another half an hour out there somewhere that we just didn't get to see because it got cut. Here's the thing. I would watch a three hour cut of this movie. I totally would. I, I really hope that there is a director's cut of this. Um, yeah, there is one major thing from the book that they cut out of this. that I will reveal at the end of this. Interesting. Um, okay. Because I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't read the book or seen the movie yet. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it, <sighs> I'm trying to think what else we can talk about. That's not spoilery. Well, Oh, I have, well, I, have a, okay. I have, I have a question for you. Uh, yeah. This, this is opening weekend for this movie. How packed was your yeah. theater? Oh, almost completely. Oh, really? Well, you're in a, yeah, big I mean, city. to be fair. Well, to be fair, I was put in the small theater in the back and okay. like people trickled in. And I think by the time the, the movie actually started, my small theater was completely filled. Okay. What about uh, you? Uh, barely filled. A, a row like i think if you put everyone in what? there we didn't even fill a row and i'm pretty sure the people in wow. front of us left about two-thirds in they left mm-hmm. i don't oh no i don't think they did a great job marketing what this movie was 
No, no, they definitely. I didn't. talked about being at Second and Charles for three hours before this. Yeah, I was in there, and somebody was like, "Yeah, I think Doctor Sleep is about Danny Torrance." And I, I just looked, I popped my head out of the aisle. I was like, yeah, it is. And then just went about my shopping. <laughs> um, but yeah, they didn't do a good job of establishing that this was a sequel to The Shining. And if anyone picked up on that and went for a sequel to The Shining at The Overlook, they would have been very disappointed by the first two thirds of this movie. I mean, really, by the first like two hours of this movie. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's the thing is the marketing for this is a poster with little Danny Torrance on his bike the words doctor sleep in big letters and then dare to go back at the top. Like it, like if you show me this, I'm thinking the whole thing's taking place in the overlook, like for better or worse. That's what's happening here. Yeah. And it's not, it's not doctor sleep at all. It doesn't fit. I've been a proponent from the get go of this movie can work in the world of Stanley Kubrick's film. Mm hmm. And I think it could have, but I don't, from what we got, it's not there. I think I could take, not lean in. I could take this movie and cut out parts of it and make it fit better. Uh-huh. But I, I just don't think what we were shown is the best film that we could have gotten out of this. Now, here's my question. Cause I was thinking about this too. You said that the last third of the movie or the last like 30 minutes of the movie is what lost you. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about those in the spoilers about what that was. But if that part and like the other couple of flashbacks that they had um, weren't in the movie, right, at all, and we just got his story and that last third took place somewhere else or they did something else the last third, would you be comfortable marketing it as a sequel to The Shining? Or do you think it would be too different for audiences to accept it as that? Because I think that's the line that they were trying to cross here or they didn't want to cross here. Uh I think because it, I think if this movie if it did its own thing the way that the first couple third was I like I was like I'm into this movie this isn't The Shining why did you market this to me as something with The Shining mm-hmm. I see for me the Overlook isn't what took me out of it to begin with I knew uh, that was coming something else yeah. happened um, that we'll get into oh, it was in something spoilers. else it was something else it wasn't the Overlook that just didn't help oh um, oh interesting so okay I, I think if you I think you could have easily, if you wanted to do the overlook at the end, I think you could have made this two films and make that the you third. You think so? Make, make, take, the, take the it approach. Take, take the it approach, split this into two, and I think you would have gotten a better store, better character development for Danny. Yes, I, I think you're absolutely right with that. But I think the parts that stick out in my mind is what I remember and what I like the most was i mean and i think because they glossed over it so quickly isn't necessarily like what happens to the child of an alcoholic but was like once they've hit their stride what hitting their stride looks like Mm -hmm. and i think those were the parts that were like those were the parts that i loved the most about the movie and they just like they kind of made danny's suffering seem like a thing the movie had to get through to get to the good stuff that you know is coming yeah but the 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 big thing is they they glossed over very they they hinted at very important things that are part of that journey for him in the book and then didn't deliver on them the main I'm thing, really curious about what um without getting into spoilers too much uh yeah. Bruce Greenwood from Star Trek who played Pike in the JJ films and yeah he plays a yeah, doctor yeah. in this that doctor yeah. plays a huge role in the book that is just eliminated from the movie 
Like he in right, the here movie, he's just like AA guy. Yeah, here he's a AA guy, and then for for one scene of the AA stuff, he's not even in the second yeah. one. Right, and then at some point he's like, "How did you do that?" When he like found his watch. Yeah, that's Whoops, yeah. That was a spoiler. Someone loses a watch and they yeah, find it. Well, sorry, yeah, guys. yeah. Uh, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I can go into more about him in the spoilers. But I we're 15 minutes in. Is there anything else we can say not spoilery? I guess. No, we, I mean, we, I think we can give our grades. What would you give this movie? You know what? I so I looked it up on Metacritic as another talking point. If we need it, it's sitting at a solid six. I think I'd give it a seven. I think the performances were enough to elevate it over the six that Metacritic's giving it. Um, I think that there are parts of it that still stick out in my mind. And I watched this alone. So Romana didn't see it. And my roommate who loves Stephen King didn't see it. They want to. And I will go see this again. Okay. I, if there is a director's cut, I will see it again. Beyond that, I don't know if I will. I think, I think a six is generous. Uh, six out of really? ten. Yeah, I'm. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. Cause the the casting was really good in this, and they did some really cool yeah. stuff with color and um the sound, the soundtrack, the score. They did a good job of incorporating that theme from The Shining. Yeah, I I think I think a six. Just Generous, six. I'm, I'm gonna go five point five. Okay. Okay. So fair I can't. Enough. I can't quite make a six. Ooh, my food's here. <laughs> uh, looks delicious hold on, one more time i give it a two you give it a two yeah she she was not a oh fan. i am so excited to dig into that all right so let's get into spoilers for this good okay all right so can i talk about my first spoiler thing yes go for it okay so this is a reaction that i saw in my audience last night and i want to know if it had the same effect for you guys Because like I said, for the first part of this movie, I was just kind of letting it hit me and I wasn't invested in it. And that was when Danny learned. So the whole first part of the movie is Danny learning to deal with the remnants of the ghosts from the Overwatch or Overlook. Uh, The Overlook like ghosts are like creeping him out at home, creepy bathtub ladies in his bathtub at home and he needs to deal with them. Um, Guy from the first movie teaches him about putting them in a box. And the first time that Danny walks into that bathroom, closes the door and you see the box clap shut in the maze, the entire audience laughed. Like, because it was such a silly thing. I guarantee you that plays better in a book. But in a movie, it looked it looked cheap. Like, there was no monster near the box. You didn't watch him go in. It was just like, bam, done. I, it, our, our audience didn't laugh. Um, they left, though. Yeah. Uh, well, there wasn't enough people there to laugh. I don't think it's oh. as drawing if you read the book because they do what one thing this movie does do well is show how they use their powers visually because in the book yeah. they describe it, but they don't, you can't like, it's kind of tricky to show that. Yeah. And I think them, I think him putting the bathtub ghost in a box in the maze is like a good way of representing that, especially when you get into yeah. later in the film, when he unleashes those monsters from their boxes in the maze. Right. Right. And um, I had I mean, I had a feeling something like that was going to happen as soon as they showed like all the boxes lined up. I'm like, he's going to have to open those. So they talk briefly about like the different powers that the people had. Like, mm-hmm. like I hated that I was like this, but at some point the bad guys just felt like weird X-Men to me <laughs> where she's like, I'm a pusher and like, I'm a thinker. And I'm like, 
all right, does that one shoot laser beams out of his eyes? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is kind of superpower-esque. That's why I'm like, this is a superhero movie. Like, this is a superhero movie with some horror elements. I have, I think my problem, and I, I, it's well documented on here that I'm not a huge Stephen King fan. I think if Stephen King stopped branding himself as the king of horror, the master of horror, I'd like him so much better. He's good at world building. He's good at giving you these weird mythical things. I have never once been scared by a thing that Stephen King has signed off on. I, I don't know. Do you have something to say? Or are you just putting pizza down? Okay. I'm putting pizza down. I don't think he's giving himself <laughs> um, All right. Um, yeah, I don't think he's given himself that name. I think other people have given that to him. Oh, okay. That makes me feel a little bit better because about it. Because you look at something like Shawshank or The Green Mile, that's not really horror, and but that's Stephen King. And those are like the things I love that he yeah. does. Um, I think he does the horror stuff, but I don't think it's just that. Like I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't say Doctor Sleep, the novel, is a horror book. Like really? It, like I think the Rose the Hat stuff gets close to it, especially with their powers sure. and when they're attacking. But I wouldn't say it's horror. There's not like the jump scares or the a clown living in the in the sewers or anything. Right. So, I mean, that's the thing is, is it got a little bit like on the scary side when he went back to the Overlook. Like at that point. I was like, okay, I can kind of like, there was like a light jump scare, like a light turned on loud and like, I went, Bruh. yeah. And like that part was a little creepy, but like, yeah. I mean, overall it was like, oh, okay. All I wanted to say is that I don't think Stephen King is as much a horror writer as much as he's a storyteller and he uses yes. horror elements to tell the story, but he doesn't limit himself to those elements if it doesn't serve the story. Off screen. Anna is exactly right. Um, it's it just that's just what he is. I think that he does a really good job of world building. And I think I think storyteller is what he is. But like, I would never pick. I'd never be like, I'm in the mood for scares and then pick up a Stephen King book. Yeah. And I, I honestly think part of that moniker comes from the Shining film because that's based on a Stephen King novel. And since that's just a horror right. film and is iconic as a horror film, people look at him as horror. So I think you're right. So I think I think I just need to get over that. And then I'm on board with Stephen King again. Um, okay. So I need to talk about our technical difficulties at the theater. Oh yeah. Tell me. So our screen went black for a very important scene. <laughs> what? Our, so what scene? The baseball boy scene. Oh, <gasps> so Alan, that was the scene that like sold me on the movie. I know. Uh, luckily we read the book, but I almost got out of the theater and went to yell at somebody because it was bullshit. So this yeah, is what happened. They start attacking the baseball boy and our yeah. screen just goes black, but we still have sound. Oh no. So we could hear like Danny and Abra, Abra talking, uh -huh. but we couldn't see anything. So it's black for at least two minutes. And then it, the picture comes back and it's just Danny looking in the mirror and seeing red rum. What? Yeah. <laughs> That would make no sense I, to me at all. I, yeah. I said something to the people as we left the theater. I was like, listen, th this went out to black in a very important scene of the movie. Like we yeah. read the book. Like I, I sound like such a nerd. I was like, we've read the book and it, it's a very important <laughs> scene of the movie, but I, oh, you need to understand anyone who didn't read the book is going to be very confused. <laughs> I would have been, I would have been lost. Yeah. So I, I like from that point on, I was I, w I just wasn't feeling the movie. Like, that really pissed me off because it completely yeah, took me out too. of it. 
Took me out of it so, completely. So how long into that did you realize it wasn't a like video? It wasn't like a movie decision. Like people I were complaining at, about Star Wars when the sound cut out. I look. Well, see, that's the thing. That's so, exactly what came into my mind. Like when they did that, yeah. they had signs up and there were articles saying, hey, there's a moment of this movie that goes dark and is quiet right. for so many seconds. There was none of that for this. And I looked back at the projector and saw stuff were still coming out of it, but we weren't seeing it. It what? almost looked like something fell in front of it. So. Oh, no. I was there for about almost a minute thinking it was a stylistic choice. Yeah, I would have been <laughs> I was too. Like, this I is like weird like- that they cut to black, but all right. Like we can imagine what's going on because the boy is dying. So we're like getting it from his perspective. And then once right. I heard Danny and Abra, I was like, this isn't a stylistic choice. Oh, no, this is wrong. Uh, yeah, because for a while I'd have been like, oh, such a bold choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, that's such a shame because that's such, I mean, that like up until that part, I was like, oh, no, they eat kids. Oh, no. But then they're like, no, we torture them and it's terrible and you got to watch it. I'm like, oh, now I'm kind of into this, yeah. which like makes me which might say more about me than it does the movie. Yeah, that I sounds might be terrible. terrible. You're like, I love it, watching kids be tortured. <laughs> I don't want the kids to be tortured, but it showed me the stakes and that was neat. Yeah. Um, did the movies. Okay. This is a bad question to ask you, but did the movie, having read the book, did the movie surprise you at any point? Yeah. Yeah. In like bad ways. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Tell me what was, what was the most surprising? This is the scene that took us out of it when they killed Billy. Oh yeah. Where they killed Billy? Yeah. yeah. Where she's like, kill yourself. And then he just takes the gun and kills himself. Oh, that wasn't in the book? That's not no. in the book. And oh. I was willing to come with them on that. I was like, okay, I don't like this, but mm-hmm. it did balance the stakes a little bit more. And then they just went even worse. Yeah. And then they kill her father. Which, which also is doesn't also happen. Also is not in the book. Uh, I mean, guess, I don't know. So from only watching the movie, they kept talking about like, you know got to tell your parents about this thing they're going to go right through those parents and then to like set that up so much and then not go through at least one of the two parents i think would have been a like a misswing from from a movie standpoint and not from like anything the book had done i'm going to save the the mother stuff for the end cuz there's a whole lot more there that we can unpack but i want to save that for the really? very end of the podcast oh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh good okay cuz i want to hear more about that but yeah like they do what they do in the book is that they do a good job of sharing like working with her parents with everything like uh-huh. the, the, they do bring the mom on board at one point and they do yeah. have like the father will work with them like he does. Um, but the doctor is the one who goes to the campsite and kills them with Danny. Like Billy, really? Billy stays at the house and protects, protects the house. Like he just stands guard oh. and then he's kidnapped with, with Abra in the book. Oh. So, and then I think they're taking, they, they, do they take her all the way to Colorado then or not? I don't remember Abra getting to be at Colorado, but that might just be because I haven't read the book in some okay. time. So um, I'm assuming that the powers that Danny has are just whatever the plot needs for this minute. Cause I'm not sure what he does. Like her, like at one point they call Abra like a pusher and they're like, you push or no, not, not Abra. The, the, the lady that like the snake bite lady. Yeah. Uh, the 15 year old, they, they call her a pusher and then they describe what a pusher is. And I go, I know what that is. I know what she does. And then like, I don't really know what other people do. Like, I think Danny has the pushing ability. I think Danny no, is can't push. 
It didn't seem like he was able to like just be like, these aren't the droids you're looking for. Yeah, Danny and then like can, it worked. Danny can read minds and he can communicate telepathically. And then he um, can like hop into little girls' bodies. Sort of. I mean, that kind of goes with the telepathy. Like he can maintain I mean, a mental sense. connection with somebody. But I feel like with that it should have been more of Abra's ability because she has more of the telekinetic. Like she can raise spoons and yeah. shit. Oh, I don't know if you guys. Curse. Right. No, you're, you're on. I'm just. Yeah. We curse. yeah. Also, oh yeah. So. I mean, but I mean, and I thought that scene was really cool with the spoons. Mm-hmm. She was like, I can do that. I'm like, Oh, can you little girl? And then she did. She did it really cool. <laughs> so like, I liked Abra as a character more than I wanted to like Abra as a character. Because sometimes I hate when you have, like, established adult characters and they're like, why not kids? And then they just bring kids in. And, like, I, I feel like sometimes that's just, like, a artificial way to make you feel for a character is being like, look at how innocent they are in this world of horrible people. But, like, they did a good job of setting her up to be cool. Yeah. I, I love how your eyes are, like, looking over to Anna even though she's not <laughs> there. Like, <laughs> it, it's... <laughs> Well, also, the way my webcam set up is to look at you. I have yeah. to look over there anyway. Yeah, it's just weird on my, from my perspective. Um, so I want to talk about the doctor for a second, not Dr. Sleep. Oh, yeah. OK. Um, the doctor. So he does the watch thing, which is which pays off in the book. It doesn't pay off here. Um, what was the payoff in the book? That he knows about his abilities and it, it was willing to go along with him on the journey to Iowa. And even more so than that. Yeah. Um, he's, oh, okay. he's Abra's doctor in the book. He's her pediatrician. He's Abra's doctor. So, yeah. yeah he, so when the stuff is going on with Abra, he's like, I actually know somebody. Yeah. How far away are they? Because like, I got the sense that like Abra and then teeny town were like pretty far away from me. Not like far, but like far. It's like two or three towns over. Like it's not that far. Okay. Like feasibly that he could have been the pediatrician. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, so when they do the watch scene, I notice this right away. And I'm pretty sure this is the only reason this scene is left in the movie. It is yeah. shot for shot. The interview scene from the shining. Oh man. I totally missed Down that to the d- decor and everything. I was like, this is exactly the way they did that scene where that's where really Jack cool. is being interviewed. And I think that's the only reason they left it in the movie because a lot of his mm-hmm. other stuff is just not there. Like, okay, we, we like this scene with the doctor, but we don't want anything else that you have here because it doesn't work for this work tribute yeah. to Stanley Kubrick that we're trying to do. All right. Can we talk about these then? Yes. How did we feel about the times when it flashed back to old The Shining? Because they showed a flash of the staircase scene with like Walmart brand Jack Nicholson <laughs> and I yes. hated it. OK, so did you ever see the movie Be Kind Rewind? No, I haven't. So it's a movie. It's, it's with, Jack Black, right? It's Jack, Jack Black and um, Most Deaf. Back oh, when, okay. Back when video stores were a thing, they erase all the videos in the store by accident with magnets. And then they have to go through <laughs> and recreate their own versions of these films. And they're called Swede <laughs> versions of these. Like they're, they're Swedish. They're, they're the Swedes. That's Good. what this is at parts. It's yeah. Swedish versions of The Shining. And I don't know if it's a likeness rights thing that they couldn't do like deep fakes of Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall. Yeah. But it it was really distracting. I mean, yeah. I mean like in a world where you can get grand Moff Tarkin back for like half of a second in a star Wars movie. Like why? I mean, 
and he's dead. Like Jack Nicholson is right. still around. And so is Christian right. Slater. I yeah. Mean, like why not right. bring in Christian Slater, who is pretty much just Jack Nicholson without the career? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true though. Um, but even worse than the deep fakes, I thought was when they actually took footage from The Shining. <laughs> like it wasn't from the seventies, like the elevator scene with the blood. That stood yeah. out oh, really yeah. cheap. So like, Ro- like Rose the Hat just turning and looking at the blood coming, like, hmm, okay, and then just <laughs> da, 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 da. like, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, good. So we're gonna talk about this part because, like, at some point, I'm like, they're just replaying The Shining to me. Uh-huh. I hate this. We're like. I, I just where, where, like she had to go into room two thirty seven mm-hmm. and had to see the lady in the back. Like, stop it! Like, I don't need this. My words exactly. I yeah, I did I did some research. They even like the scene where the camera flies over the lake mm-hmm. at the like as the homage to the beginning of The Shining. That's the same footage. Yeah. They just color graded it and added digital snow. Is they it made, really? They made it day for night. Like, ew! Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. love that as much. Like if it was all computer generated, ah. I would be more okay with that. But they use the same exact footage. All right. So, I was. I'm going to read – I'm going to summarize what I had sent Romana because Romana goes, what is this movie even about? Okay. And I'm going to summarize to you what I said, and I want you to tell me if this lines up with the book explanation of it too or if it's just like me being like an asshole about what the movie is. Okay. I said it's a superhero movie about a superhero who finds a stronger girl superhero and fights people – who are also superheroes who eat superheroes. And oh, by the way, the hotel's a superhero too. I think for this movie, yeah, that's pretty much what it boils down to. But is that what Dr. Sleep is? Like, no. Like, so what's the hotel? Because in this one, the thing I hated the most about the movie is they're like, ah, the hotel's a superhero too. Let's go back and use the hotel's superhero powers to fight I, these bad guys. I think the hotel in the book is more of like a sacred ground. Like I don't okay. wanna, like it's a, just a special place for those beings. So okay. even though the hotel's gone, like it's still a special mm-hmm. place. They have like a camp there. Yeah, because the beings were heading there. Yeah. It wasn't even Danny being oh, like, "I'm going to lure you." They were already going there because it was oh. an area where I think they could draw energy on. So what were the things in the book? What were the things in the boxes? Because Danny in the movie was like. Yeah, the hotel's like a superhero and it has all these powers. And then there's these like things that eat the things with the things, and th- they're in my boxes in my mind. But don't think too much about them. It it, it still was the memories mm. of the Overlook. Yeah, but oh, was it? Yeah, was it, it in was, the movie? And I was just a jerk. No, in the book, he has like two boxes that he tries to use at the end. And when he opens the one box that had the naked old lady, there's nothing in it anymore. Yeah. She like died, which is like oh. how it that kind of ties with how he acts, Dick. Um, oh, that was bad. My smoking came out. But how he asks Dick um, what happens to them once we put him in the box. And Dick is like, do you even care? Um, right. And so right. when he opens her, she's just like dust. Like she died because she didn't have enough energy. And then the other one, I think, is the um, is it Grady mm-hmm. or is it? Yeah, the other one is oh, Grady. Yeah. And so he unleashes that. And it's like a distraction. Like when he opens Grady's box, it lets Grady out mm. and they're like, what the fuck is this? And then they like attack the beings while they're distracted. So it's not like the beings attack them and kill them. It's right. here's our bait and switch. You're not expecting us to throw this at you. And they're like, whoa, what, what, what? And then they die <laughs> while they yeah. shoot them. Interesting. Or something. Okay. Like, 
So maybe not huh, great, see, but at least a little bit better than like, here's our superheroes to fight your superheroes. It's just, these are things that I thought were monsters and I'm going to try to use them as a last ditch effort before okay, so I I'm being, I understand I'm being reductive about a lot of this, but I do want to know, do either of you or both of you actually like the book Doctor Sleep as a sequel to The Shining book and as like a book in itself? Like, do you Absolutely. guys actually like it and would you recommend you do? Okay. Uh, yes, I really enjoy it. Yeah, I think okay. I enjoyed the book Dr. Sleep more than I enjoyed The Shining Can novel. I say something? Sure. Really? So I think what you touched on is the problem. Like, So what they did from the movie, they were like, there's a lot of superpowers, and we're going to play up on the superpowers, and it's going to be awesome. Whereas the book mm -hmm. isn't about that. The book is, okay, what would happen to a person whose father was an alcoholic, and he witnessed his father try to kill his mother and then kill him? And then live his life. And what happens is he becomes an addict. And so it's a redemption arc in the sort of like, if Wendy had known about AA in like 1976, she would have made Jack try it. Yeah. And he maybe would have tried it, but they didn't know about it because even though it existed since like the fifties, it wasn't as widespread mm -hmm. until later in the eighties. Right. So it was kind of Alien. a sort of thing of like, well, now that this is a thing, like what is his arc? So it's, it's a recovery story from your family traumas. Like, See, and I that's think that's such a compelling story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, I like, and I like that. Much more compelling than what we got here. And I mean, there is supernatural elements driven. to it, but they're to tell this story, to tell this story about like, okay, this is recovery. This is somebody that like missed out on the deaths of people important in his life because he was addicted to drugs and alcohol and he's trying right. to redeem himself. The whole book is him trying what? to redeem himself and prevent the future, uh, like just to stop the cycle in Abra. And I really liked we got a little teeny, teeny taste of the whole like sins of the father kind of thing mm -hmm. a little bit at the bar when like would deep fake Jack Nicholson showed up like that. And I thought that was so interesting. And then it ended and I went, what did we learn here? Like, did we just like at that point in the movie, did we learn, OK, he's not going to take the drink. He's fully over the alcoholism and he's now on the road to recovery. That's the end of his character arc. Was that what it was supposed to be? And was that handled better in the book? That wasn't in the book. What did Jack Nicholson as a force ghost show up, though? Yeah, sort of. Kind of. Okay. Because I, I, I know that he did in Stephen King's version of yes. this. Yes. Okay, so we, we, you go. Okay. So the big thing that they left out of this movie is Abra's grandmother. Oh, you're going to tell him that. I was yeah. going to tell him the other thing. Uh, what was the other thing? Uh, tell me all the things. Okay. I want to know. We'll tell you about playing? Abra's grandfather. But the first thing is while they are having their big standoff on the remains of the Overlook, like things yeah. are going their way. And then I can't remember exactly what happens, but like there's like a gust of wind or something that's like mm -hmm. it just kind of reads as, oh, that was some good luck. And then when when they are leaving, um, Danny. Danny, I was like, Andy, no, that's Toy Story. Um, when they're leaving, <laughs> Danny turns around and he sees the force ghost of his dad. And so it's implied that that like that slight edge, which it wasn't like a huge, it's not like, oh, and then he pushes somebody off a cliff. It's just a slight yeah. like that was him trying to help. And the big that, and here's yeah. the big that, thing. That's that the that big, that big payoff to what I'm about to tell you. So in the movie, they hint at Abra's great grandmother, Momo. Like being sick and dying. So that's where her mom goes off to. Oh, oh that's why she's not there. Yes. Yeah. So in the okay. book, they go to her. They go to the mother and the grand great grandmother. And Danny's there when she dies and like absorbs her cancer and 
puts her like puts her to to sleep like he does at the hospice. Yeah. But there's a reveal. Abra's grandmother, not the the great grandmother, her grandmother had an affair with a professor at the university in Maine in the late 70s. Oh. Who turns out to be Jack Torrance. So Abra is Jack Torrance's granddaughter. He really is Uncle Danny. What? Mm-hmm. Danny and That's... Abra's mom are are half brother sister. I'm genuinely shocked that that didn't make it into the movie because I feel like any Stephen King version of this story in this universe really wants that redemption redemption arc for Jack Torrance. Yeah. And I feel like Stanley Kubrick in this version of it does not care about him at all and does not want him to have a redemption either. Yeah. And I, I'm really surprised that they didn't give him that redemption here. Like there, there's no reason yeah. that, that he couldn't have been the one who was there at the burner at the end. Maybe him, maybe it's, maybe it's Walmart, Jack Nicholson and um, target Wendy right. in the burner <laughs> in the boiler room at the end. And Danny's there. Yeah. Like my biggest problem with this is Danny sacrifices himself at the overlook to burn it down but he still has Abra there with him. Like he just lets her out in the cold, not knowing if fire trucks are actually going to come because that makes no sense to me at all. Because I was thinking about that too. The whole point of the overlook is it's like secluded. Like it's nowhere near anyone. So how do they know that there's a fire at the overlook? Like did they trip a camera or something? I mean, they did so great. To be fair in the book, Danny thought he was going to die. Because part of why he absorbs Momo's cancer is because the 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 true knot gets sick. So when Grandpa Flick dies and they all eat his mm-hmm. steam, okay, Grandpa yeah. Flick had smallpox when he was still alive. So now the true knot gets oh. smallpox because they're weak, and so they start getting that. sick from smallpox. Oh. And so he uses Momo's cancer so that if they try to feed on him they will also get the cancer. cancer. And I think he releases her. And I think Momo has like a moment before she dissolves where she does something. But um, I was going somewhere else with that too. But so he did know he was going to die, but there was another person there with them. So that if Danny died, Abra had an out anyway, whereas in the movie they didn't. And I also didn't like that they killed Danny because they killed her dad. So earlier in the movie, they killed Abra's dad and now they've killed her uncle. So now she has nobody other than the forced ghost of Danny to like yeah. model, this yeah. is what you do. Like you have all of these powers. You have a predisposition to alcoholism. Like maybe we don't want to repeat the same patterns to you. And instead they repeated the same patterns. Like what's she going right. to grow up to? Her dad died horribly. She watched her uncle die horribly. Like after a bunch of ghosts and evil people tried to attack her. Like what life can she have? It doesn't I mean, end exactly, on the note yeah. of hope it, it that the theme of the, the book cycle. was. Yeah, the book had, like, this is the hope, we're stopping the cycle, and the movie's just like, the cycle's going to repeat, and she's going to be evil, and the Shining 3 shine harder. Right, I mean, do you think that's <laughs> what they want? Do you think they want, like, another one after, if this one did super well? I mean, they're not getting it, but... Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, it, they're not. It's not. It, it's die, dying hard. Like, we did the movie league this week, and I, I leaned hard into Doctor Sleep. I did, too! And uh, Midway is just, like, stealing all of it, like... Everyone's like, oh, Midway, yay. I heard it wasn't great. Yeah, well, I mean, it's your, you, um, it's the guy who did Independence Day, so it can't be that great. Um, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> good point. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a shame because I knew I, watching the movie, I got a really strong, like, idea that, like, everything isn't being explained to my satisfaction. I bet the book explains it better. 
Yeah. And like, and like the, it, I just, the, the, the lineage reveal is such a big thing for that final battle. Right. Well, like, and there was a lot of foreshadowing to it yeah. also. Oh, um, was there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, you can't really, I, I, I'm of the mindset of Stephen King things should, should not be done in one movie. They need to be either a mini series or split into two, like it, like, yeah, I just don't think there's so much there and so much world building and it just doesn't work as a standalone feature. Right. Well, okay. So speaking of that, then did you guys see the second it? Yes, we did it for the show. Didn't we? No. Didn't we? No, I thought you guys were supposed to. What'd you do? Didn't we? I think we were supposed to. I never saw the second one. I think we just went with Ryan and Kristen. then. We did, but did you record with Ryan? I could have sworn we did that one. (laughs) If I did, I must have been drunk the whole time because I don't remember any of it. But like, do you think that 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 one did a better job of like world building and like sequel building, like because it was two and it got the time to breathe? I have my own issues with two because I really don't think that story should have been told in separate parts. Oh, um, really? Like, I do. Because it's been like one super long thing. It should have been, they should have done the flashbacks and flash forwards instead of here's all of the past and now we're in the future. So you're going to have 20 minutes where you have like Pennywise attacking Bill Hader for being gay. And then you're going to have another 30 minutes where there's a creepy old lady that you just laugh at because it's so hilarious. Like there's (laughs) pacing issues because of not having those flashbacks. Got it. And it's just generally darker. Like you have people die immediately. Whereas like if they would have. Oh, yeah, because you never saw. Well, I'm not going to tell you who dies, but there's people that die. Um, Uh So we did do in chapter two uh, from the from the show notes. You didn't see it because you're afraid of clowns. Oh, yeah, that's right. I knew there was something. So I did talk about that. So if anyone wants to go back and look at it, that episode was released uh, on September 19th. So well, shoot, I'm going to go back and look at it. Yeah. But other than those, I mean, I do think it had a better chance because they did give it more time to actually look into the characters mm-hmm. and expand on them. Whereas this would have helped because they didn't even show Abra's like familial traits, like the anger issues and the like family tick of rubbing the mouth. Like, yeah, there were just different. I, mean, I feel like, yeah, I feel like so much of Stephen King is very character driven and it's very mm-hmm. deep. And I feel like a lot of that doesn't translate well to like, here's a two hour movie. Yeah, it it doesn't. But I think this is more I think the problem with Dr. Sleep is it's more here's a tribute to Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, mm-hmm. not here's the Dr. Sleep that Stephen King wrote. Should it have been just the I mean, what, what would you think if they did it without any of the Shining tributes, though? Like, I feel like something had to have been there from it. I think maybe the flashback of him riding the bike in the beginning and then you show like, hey, this is the same kid. I, like, I think fine. I would have bought into it. I think if you cut out even just one third of him walking through the overlook, Mm -hmm. it works a lot better. Like when this movie comes out, I'm going to go in and and do that. I'm just going to have him go in, have a few lights show up, have him walk through, like walk into the hallway where his room was. Like, I I really like that shot of him looking through the door. I don't need the flashback to the shining, but just him looking through the door. I like that shot. I don't think you need the rest of it. I don't think you need, just the long lingering shots of him in the hallway. Yeah. Um, and some of that made me wonder how the hotel works. Cause they like set the hotel up as like a part of the powers and like, it's like its own thing. And then the whole hotel can possess the single person. Like, is that what they're saying happened in the first movie? Cause like at well, some point yeah. he was like, yeah. Danny Actually, slash the hotel. Happened. Is that what happened in the first one? Yeah. 
That that's yeah, because the hotel has Jack. Yeah. So at the right. end, when he's in the picture, like mm-hmm. oh well, I didn't mean that. Like he's part of the hotel. Like he's consumed by it. Right, but like, even yeah. in the book. like when they show him, like the 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 ghost going into her face and absorbing her, like that's pretty much yeah. what they did to Jack. But even uh, in the book, like in the book, Jack is running through the hotel, possessed by the hotel, trying to kill Danny. And Danny finally like stands his ground and turns, and he's like, "You're not my dad. You're not my dad." Da, yeah. da, da, da. And then like Jack has the moment where he's like, like he comes back to himself, and he's not the hotel, and he's like, "Oh shit!" And so that's when, that's when he like blows up the hotel and the hotel tries to kill him. Like once the hotel okay. can't use him, the hotel kills him and he bashes his head in with the rope uh, mallet. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's not I didn't in the movie because in the movie he just keeps trying to kill. But in the book, he has that moment of like, what am I doing? And the hotel's yeah. like, Oh, fuck you. We're going to kill you. All right. So huh. we're, we're coming up on your hard out. So I want to wrap this up with a few things before we oh, yeah, yeah. finish up. Um, so there were two moments in the, in the finale of this movie that made us laugh. Um, yeah. so the first thing that Danny Torrance says when he walks in the hotel and the lights start coming on is wakey wakey, which was very bizarre. It did not fit the rest of the movie at all. I'm so happy you brought that up. Cause there's another line that they say too. That's like, who wrote this? What was the other line? It was like, it was what Rose hat lady or whatever. She like said something like stupid bitch girl bitch or something like it was just like a really like poorly constructed sentence i i was waiting for ewan mcgregor to do the uh hand over his mouth trying not to laugh after the wakey wakey like i saw <laughs> i saw holograms of anakin killing younglings <laughs> uh, um which plays into I our second it. one so yeah i could tell like after like once they're at the overlook i knew she was hating the movie. So I was like, yeah. I, I, I just felt bad that she wasn't having a good time. So when yeah. Danny's on the stairs with the ax and Rose is coming up, I just leaned over to her. I was like, he has the high ground and she lost. it. <laughs> <laughs> and then when she hits him with the ax and knocks him down to the bottom, I was like, yeah. now he doesn't. <laughs> Oh, I love <laughs> the people who were left in our theater. Probably like, what the hell is so funny? The three people that were there yeah, probably yeah. didn't mind. But oh man, yeah. So I think this did is my like final, not final, but one of my final thoughts. I think the movie did the thing that I was afraid that it was going to do. I didn't read the book. I didn't read any of the books. The thing I think that was really cool about The Shining, the movie, just the Stanley Kubrick version in its own right is that it doesn't really tell you what's going on. Okay. It doesn't explain it all very well. It hands you a bunch of really juicy things that might or might not connect to each other, might be coincidence, might not be, but things that are interesting, and then you got to think about it. Is the photograph at the end real? I know Stephen King has the answers. Stanley Kubrick didn't. Is the photograph at the end real? Is it just a figurative thing that he's now part of the hotel? Did he go mad? Was he possessed? Is this ghosts? Is this, you know what I mean? figments of a crazy kid's imagination like what is it i don't like that this then literally pigeon like marginalized it it's just like yeah it was a thing like i don't think that i like that it did that i know that it almost has to in order to expand on the universe yeah but i think if they kept the the overlook and what happened there more of a mystery still i'd be more okay with it like if they're like oh man the overlook like crazy stuff happens there man let's not talk about it anymore and do this movie without it 
even if the boxes in Danny's head are just the memories of those things and they're what consumers yeah. at the end, I think that works. Yeah, I think it would have been got. cool. Um, we didn't even touch on the 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 girl and the baby. Well, let's do it. Oh yeah, let's do it. I got time. Let's touch on the girl and the so, baby. That so, sounded gross. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they have that one flash of her in his bed when after he, she dies. After she dies. In the book, it's a whole oh, mystery yeah. of did she die? Like, what is going on? But yeah, he keeps seeing her, she? and she. I I don't. I think the book leaves it over open ended. Well, the purpose of her in the book is it's it's one of his like his rock bottom. And so one of the things oh. that the, the movie changed was he does steal her money, but the baby comes out saying candy, like in baby talk. And so he does move the oh. cocaine out of the way so that the baby doesn't get into the cocaine. The movie, he just yeah. takes her money and runs. And I'm like, well, that was a little heartless because the cocaine was still in the possession of the, the other, kid. The other, but, thing, the other thing her, the visions of her do is say, stay it's away. It's the warning. Yeah. It, it, he, she warns her, wor- warns him about the bitch in the hat. Like stay, oh. stay away from the bitch in the hat. It was, I think yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. Like, don't get involved with her. She will kill you. Like, it's something yeah. like that. Like her whole purpose of after she's a ghost of showing up to him is to warn him. Like the bitch in the hat is nuts. And he's like, doesn't even believe it because it's like, he's coming down from all the alcohol. He's like, I don't know if this is hallucination or what, what is Rose the hat? It's not till years later where he starts hearing about Rose or seeing her through Abra's visions. I'm not sure that he's like, Oh my God. Like yeah. she was warning. That's me. what was going on. Which Whereas I, I, in the yeah, movie, it's just a jump scare. That, that's one thing I think yeah. that is probably on the cutting room floor of this movie, because he's very quick to tell Abra not to mess with these beings at all. And this is, should be the first time that he's hearing about them outside of the Overlook. Like he just right. As far as he should be concerned, it's just places that can do that, not people. Right. So, but then he's just like, yeah, it's people now. But I think once he, once she mentions like seeing them and like that, I think she yeah. mentions the hat. So I yeah, feel and like then I do think he has a dream later where he sees the hat in the book. Yeah. Like so, there is different. So in the book, he had some knowledge of it so that when she mentions it, he's like, oh, my God, don't get involved with him. Whereas in the movie, he's just like cower for no I, reason. I think the description for this episode is going to be go read the book. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. So hold on. Does the hat have powers? Because I know she's like real sensitive about the hat and like someone went to pick it up for her and she's like, no. And then like takes it like. No, I think she it, saw Indiana Jones. She's like, that's going to be my shtick now, too. So <laughs> I mean, maybe that's the thing is I buy into both of those explanations. Yeah. Um. That brings me to the one plot hole I didn't think about, or maybe not even plot hole, but like thing that annoys me. I didn't think about until now at the end. He has this whole speech about how, you know, when people are about to die, he sees flies all over their face and he couldn't even look at his mother because she had the flies and it made him sick, blah, blah, blah. You see him a lot with people that are about to die. And I didn't see flies. And the only time I saw flies was with the lady and her baby. That was the only time I thought I saw flies in the movie. Yeah, that is the only time they did a horrible job of doing that in the movie as well, because his buddy Billy has flies and they die. Like he helps him get treated for cancer that he didn't know he had. And it's this whole thing. Oh, that would have been so cool. Or like even if like around some of the people who were going to die, there was like a little bit too many flies. Like, let's not address it. Let's just be like, wow, this hotel has terrible health standards. And then we'll explain it at the end. Yeah. And, and instead we got this shitty exposition about the cat, 
which was the first sign of, oh boy, for me. Like that was the first sign of trouble for me was just the 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 dying guy talking about how the cat like there should have been a there's got to be a better way to do that exposition was the cat like not in in the book the cat's in the book but it's just a weird oh, way of just showing done better on screen so. wait a minute there was another part now that you're talking there's another part of exposition in this book or the movie where i was like that could have been three sentences that didn't need to be a whole story and i forget what it was but i think billy said it i think it was a story with billy and oh, I, I forget what it was about his hunting. He, it was about his hunting. It was about his hunting. <laughs> Cause I he had could the have same been like, thought. Yeah. He could have been like, yeah, I hunt deers. They smell like this. Not one time. I bought a rifle <laughs> and I went all the way. I'm like, stop it. We know where this is going. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, I don't know. I mean, that scene though was a cool scene. I'm glad they did it. I liked the whole, like, I'm terrified if you're wrong, but I'm also more scared if you're right. That part's cool. That would be my reaction if someone's like, hey, this girl from a million miles away is telling me to go find this dead kid with you. Let's go dig him up. Like, my same reaction. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all I've got for Dr. Sleep. I think it's all I got, too. I mean, overall impressions? Read the book? What do you think? Yeah, I I definitely recommend the book over the movie, uh, which which is cliche to say, but... um, yeah, I'm going to say it anyway. Read the book. It, the book's better. There there are good parts of this, but it, it just loses so much with the sta- bringing in the Stanley Kubrick stuff. So. Yeah. Same with you, Anna? I mean, even before they brought in the Stanley Kubrick stuff, just the nice character moments, because the book is character driven and there's a lot of moments. Yeah. And I get that you have to cut things out, but it just it excised the soul from the book and just gave you, OK, here's the cool supernatural stuff. Go which wasn't yeah. really what I was reading the book for. I was reading the book for what happens to Danny. Yeah. Which the book delivers on. All right. So then this gives me a fun question to end this on. Have you guys ever seen a movie that was better than the book? We were just talking about this the other day. I don't know Twilight. if it's better. No. Oh, oh yeah. Twilight was. Tell oh me. my God. Yes. Not that either. We're How good, so? but, um, <laughs> So the book Twilight is like, what, 200 pages of Bella being like, the, like, no doubt when I read the book Twilight, I was like, oh, OK. So like, da, 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 we have this book where this guy's stalking her. And by the end of it, she's going to be like, like, it's going to be like that Lifetime movie where she gets away from her abusive ex. And then that was not what happened. Instead, we get four books about how, no, this guy that's really abusive is in love with her and he's abusive because he's in love with her. So it was a very... Mm, Whereas in the movie, yeah. like at least her dad was present. <laughs> like in the book, the parents don't really exist except for I'm going to go live with my dad. I'm going to go back to mom if you don't do this. Like in the book or in the movie, like her dad, who's not a great actor, but like her dad has those oh. moments of like, what is going on? Like, why are you doing this? Like, stay away. Like, there's just so she gives him that delivered exactly the, like that exactly it's delivered like that because he's as good of an actor as i am um the soundtrack is bomb <laughs> like they did not need to have like super massive black hole in it but they did and uh like there was good <laughs> casting like the villains in it were good whereas in the movie like 
you when you read the book, you get to the end where there's the baseball scene, and it's like, oh, all of a sudden they're playing baseball. Okay, oh, evil guys. Oh, and they're all dead now. Great. Like, whereas in the movie, it's like a whole thing of like, yeah, I get why they're playing baseball now. And like, you have foreshadowing where these evil people were showing up throughout the movie. In the book, they just yeah. show up at the end at the baseball game. Like, there's no mention of evil vampires at all. Whereas in the movie, they show these vampires eating people. So it's yeah, like, it was a better... Like, they told the story better in the movie. Not that any of them were good, but that was definitely better than the book. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Alan, okay. what do you um, think? Okay, well, I was just... We weren't talking about Twilight the other day, but um, <laughs> we were saying that the best book-to-movie adaptation I think we've seen oh, yeah. is Holes. With Shia Oh, Lowe. interesting call. Because... Uh, like that's pretty much spot on, and I it, I don't think it hurts that it has Henry Henry Winkler in it. But as far oh, as uh, as far as better adaptations, I I want to the only thing that I can really think coming to mind is Scott Pilgrim because it's so its own thing, but it works so well together. Oh, I forgot about that too. I love that movie. That's and honestly, that's the only one that I could see on my on my movie shelf that I was like, what what's an adaptation that it's good? It's like, oh hey, Scott Pilgrim. So issuing all of the hyper masculine shit I'm gonna get for saying this. I like Fight Club the movie way better than Fight Club the book. Okay. Uh I understand that it's problematic. I understand it probably doesn't hold up in twenty nineteen, whatever. But I read the I, I uh read the book, uh recommended from a friend. The book was fine. I liked the movie a lot better. Aren't they two like completely different beasts though? In some ways, yeah. In some ways, not really. Like okay. they have like the same kind of overarching story, but I think I just was so charmed by the whole like Brad Pitt reveal in the movie and how gotcha. it was done and how like I should have known that the whole time kind of miss yeah. of it that like I think in, in the book lost that. So I think that's what I like the most about it. Okay. No, that's, that's yeah. a fair point. Um. Yeah. So what other Stanley Kubrick, real quick, what Stanley Kubrick movies do we want to see a pointless sequel to next? Oh, man. Let me see. Hold on. I'm still Literally holding out Google. hope for 2010 as the journey continues. Oh, no, wait, they, oh, made, they did they that. They did what, that already. No, what, was the, what was the one after that? 3001? It was something, I was going to say, because I remember they did that years ago. Yeah. So oh, did they really? Was yeah, it good? 2010 is a thing. Have you that. heard about it before today? <laughs> Uh, I have, but that's because my pretty dad's much a nerd it does and he had the books. From what I remember, no, from fair. what I've heard, it does the same thing that this does, which is explain everything that happened in the first one, even though that's not oh. exactly like that what Kubrick wanted. Even though you um, don't need that, I'm waiting for a Clockwork Oranger, <laughs> <laughs> Clockwork Purple. I'm waiting for a Spartacus Two: Dreams Come True. He's Spartacus. No, he's Spartacus. Oh, did I lose Spartacus. you? No, we're still here. I'm here. No, I just didn't say anything. No, it was a good joke. It wasn't a good yeah. joke. You're, can you not? All right, well, I'm going to pause. Okay. Well, I can still see you. And hear you. Yeah. There we we're go. Okay, here. I'm recording. So if he pause, I should pause. No, we'll, we'll just, we'll do a countdown at the end. Let me just do a quick thing. Are you recording? Cool. Oh, oh, actually, hold on. So, all right. Yeah. All right. So I think that pretty much does it. It's weird that we lost. Yeah. We, we cut out right as we're about to end it. So literally at the very end of it. So, all right. So tune in later this week when we talk about uh, Demolition Man, a movie that Devin and I have never seen. 
that Ryan's making us watch. So Ryan will be back. I'll be honest. I'm still pumped for this. Have you watched it yet? No, not yet. I'm going to watch it tomorrow and I can't wait. Same here. All right. So stay tuned for Demolition Man. Uh, Until then, for you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. And I'm Devin. And I'm Anna. And thanks for joining us today, Anna. And we'll see you next time. Yeah.